0: Here are your hosts, Chase Palm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on TV.
2: Welcome in. To this Monday morning edition, Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Palm, Neil McCrady, Clark Ford Studio here with you. The Super Bowl, the NFL season, football in general until the fall, unless you want to count all the weird spring leagues, is, uh, is done. So we'll talk about that. Talk about Texas and Oklahoma entering the SEC in 2024. As of uh, there was that ESPN report that that was not happening. And then in the last couple of days, they figured it out. They are coming in in 2024, paying a pretty good penalty to do so. But one more year without Texas and Oklahoma in the uh, in the conference. Ole basketball losing to South Carolina 64-61 on Saturday in Oxford. Kermit, a couple of interesting things afterward, but We've already kind of talked about press conferences and what you can take into that right now from an Ole Miss standpoint. Look around the league and more coming up today. Baseball season starting Friday, the Rebels in Delaware. The Blue Hens in town to start at the 2023 f- baseball season. So all that and more on the podcast. The podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon. Highway 6 West in Oxford, you know about the lunch specials. Maybe let them take care of you last night with ribs or different catering options they had for your Super Bowl parties. You can get lunch specials every single day, any size fountain drink, bread, and more. And next door at the Oxford Crystal, they've got the Sunriser combo. That's five ninety nine. dollars Just the Sunriser, it's $2.99. They're using the uh, the round sausage, bigger piece of sausage. It's a better deal for you versus what they used to do there at the Oxford Crystal. And again, it can you from the Clark Ford studio.
3: We are. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi. 662 257 1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours right to the bottom line no hassle no haggle you get to quote the rest completely up to you you can shop it around do what i've done what i recommend that you do let's hop into a clark Ford today 662-257-1900 Guest will join this week on the myperfectfranchise.net hotline if you're a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands maybe you're an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify andy ludicke can help he's a longtime rivals board member Diehard hard college football fan, franchise veteran. He owns multiple franchises and businesses. He uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy. Put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. So what do you have to lose? Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net or you can email Andy at, andy at net, or you can call him 404-973-9901.
2: There's a decent chance that if I if I start with pro sports, I'm going to stay there. So before we get that out of the way, you wrote about the Rebels losing to South Carolina on Saturday at the Pavilion again, 61 in that one. Ole Miss now two and ten, In the uh, in the SEC they have seven games remaining. If I'm doing quick math, um, at least seven. Well, correct, yes. Right. Guaranteed seven games. They have six regular season and then one in uh, in the SEC tournament on that first day. I guess they could play South Carolina again, but either way, whatever that looks like, yep. they're in that one. Um, just because it did create a good bit of message board conversation, Kermit sort of kind of addressed things after the game. He talked about how he still believed there was some type of turnaround possible. It, it, it just remains where it has reigned for me is that it is a no-win situation for him when he's up there talking because he's not going to give up on the kids publicly. They're yeah. still playing hard for him. And to say anything other than that is going, yeah, guys, it's all over and we're done and no coach is ever going to do that. So, I mean, even in that situation, I'm just going, okay, I'm moving on.
3: Yeah, I, I knew the question was going to be asked because the reporter in question said he was going to ask it. I was kind of curious to see how it would get asked because I don't really know. It's one of those deals where I get why you have to ask the question. I've asked that question before. He asked it in a very benign, polite, respectful way. He I mean, kind of referred to the future, but not specifically enough, and, and so Kermit didn't go there. He just talked about – He had
2: an out to take and took it.
3: yeah. You know, and what's, what's Kermit supposed to say? No, I mean, we're, we're in trouble. It's over. I mean, he can't say that. His, and his kids play hard. They haven't quit on him. They just can't score. And so he basically said that. He said, you have to keep scoring. No, they're, they're still working. They're gonna, they were going to take Sunday off and hit it again today and get ready for Florida because that's what's next on the schedule. And that he's confident they can put some wins together because that's what you have to say. Does he really believe that? I have no idea. Um, you know, Ty Fagan said, I, I bet on us because that's what players do. Um, players think they're going to win because that's what they do. And so I don't know. I, I, I keep getting the people that do the, is that it? Is that it? I, I mean, what do you, what, I don't really know what referring to what, yeah, you know, I mean, there's absolutely no reason that I'm aware of to make a mid season change. Or a, in this case, a late season change. You, you finish the season, and then if it happens on a Wednesday night or if they make it to Thursday night, whatever night that it ends or afternoon that it ends in, in Nashville, the questions will then be asked, and they have to be asked, and they have to be asked also of Keith Carter, who I assume will be there. And um, at that point, the answers, I think you can read a lot into them if there's not already some um, resolution. So we'll see. I mean, look, I I think there's a way for a soft landing for Kermit, but I've also heard people say that he still wants to coach and that there are other places that, that might be available for him to coach. I've heard a specific place that is perhaps interested in Kermit Davis. So... You know, if, and if that's the case, he doesn't want to step down and announce that he's retiring if he's not retiring. So at that point he might make Keith do it the way that Keith probably doesn't want to do it, but knows that he'll have to do it. So it's they've got six regular season games left. I guess they go to at Florida, they play state at home, they they go to Auburn. Still Aub- got A and M. They got Auburn on the road still, they gotta go A and M here, uh LSU here and at somewhere, I think. And then sure, at good. Missouri. They gotta they gotta they go. close in Columbia. They go to Missouri to finish the regular season, and then they play almost assuredly on Wednesday night in Nashville, probably against South Carolina, LSU or somebody. And then we'll go from there. I mean I I think their odds of winning five games in five days in Nashville are one in eighty gazillion, so it will end in Nashville, and
2: there will be questions asked, and I'll be curious to hear the answers. I haven't even thought about it from that angle, really, because when you when you look at it, you know he's going to get a big buyout from Ole Miss, and it's like just over four, it's four point two million dollars spread over whatever that ratio is, and it's clearly been a failure here. There's no doubt about that. In um, how many ever seasons? But. Five. Hasn't forgotten to coach. That is an interesting thing. If he has the energy to do it, if you're a mid major, can you buy Kermit Davis is as, is as, as a coach next year for you? I mean, would w- what about the Ole Miss tenure? Is a yes or no versus what he did at Middle? He's now sixty three. Just turned sixty three a couple months ago. He's fifty eight, I think, when he took this job. I mean, if you're the AD at East Tennessee State, Kermit Davis intrigue you? I mean, sure. Depends on what you, what route you're looking to go. Are you looking to go the
3: young guy, or do you want an older guy who has coached at that level before? I'll be honest; I'm not spending a lot of energy
2: on that part of yeah, it. Yeah, sure. I, you I was, you just know, curious. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm.
3: I mean, I've heard a specific school. I mean, that, that
2: intrigued me because I never yeah. even, frankly, I didn't think about that.
3: I've heard a specific school that makes sense. Um, that I think is going to have an opening. And he would make some sense there as a short-term stabilizing deal. Um, look, he's a good—he's a good basketball coach. He just—they—I think they failed on recruiting. Oh, yes. I mean, I just think it's that simple. I think. Uh, I mean, it's no secret that we get content ready to go, and I've. I wrote a column last year when I thought they were getting, I thought they were going to make a move. I, I did. I thought there was at least a chance they were going to make a move. And we had a lot, I had a lot of content ready. And I've written this column before. And this year, I should have saved it because I could have just plugged in some new numbers. But it's forced me to rethink it. I think when you think about what went wrong, it's, it's, it's recruiting. He was asked a follow-up question, and he said he didn't really want to get into all the things that had gone wrong in the last couple of years, some of, of their control and some not of their control. I suspect that we will hear some of that in Nashville when it's over. I would be curious to hear his kind of account of what went wrong. I'm sure some of it is injuries. and um, Deshaun Ruffin in particular is the one that really comes to mind.
2: Um, i mean you're your own PR guy at that point so sure i mean you are and look if, if he wants to keep
3: coaching um
2: you don't quit you
3: absolutely don't quit you make your employer fire you and he's going to get his money one way or the other as he should it's in the deal um but if if he thinks he wants to coach if he thinks and i, I don't you know, I, I, I know him, but I don't know him as well as I've known other people necessarily. So, you know, I don't know if he's the kind of guy that would be happy sitting around the house. He might just be the guy that wants to go coach. And if he does, sure, there's places that would that would make sense. if If, um, if they wanted to go the experienced kind of veteran route, he's got name value. Had a very successful run at Middle Tennessee. And was the coach at Ole Miss for five years. And before that was in the league as an assistant for a long time. So he's people know him. You know, could he could he work the transfer portal at a smaller school and get these kinds of players that might be more successful at that level? Perhaps. What always strikes me, and I watch a lot of SEC basketball, I've I've made myself watch a ton of it this year, to the point where I kind of feel like I know all the teams pretty well. His team's just not as talented as the other teams. I watched um, Alabama and Auburn the other day. Mm-hmm. Both of those teams are more talented than, than, than Ole Miss. It's not even close. Uh, I watched Mississippi State uh, beat Arkansas and Fayetteville. And both of those teams, in completely different ways, are far more athletic and physical than Ole Miss. Um, Tennessee and Missouri, same thing. That's half the league you know, I just covered in, in a day, uh, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's more athletic, but better players. There's nobody on the Ole Miss roster that's even comparable to Liam Robbins. It's not even in the ballpark. He's terrific.
2: And you didn't say Kentucky or Florida. Yeah. Or, I, yeah. Mean, you you know, know I mean, you know, all those
3: teams have, have players, you know, whether it's Colin Castleton or Oscar Sheboy or, or, or whoever, all of those teams have players that, that Ole Miss just simply doesn't have. Um, OB I mean, Brown. DJ Jeffries would be the best player on the Ole Miss team. Um, I mean, you know, Arkansas's players are really young, but, I mean, you're talking about Black and Walsh, and Nick Smith came back and played a little bit the other night. It was really yeah. rusty, but he adds an element to their team that Ole Miss can, doesn't even dream of having that kind of a guard. Um, Anthony Black, that kind of a player. They, 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 don't, they don't have those kinds of players. That's why they're not winning games. It's not – it's not style of play. I'm not crazy about the style of play. It's. I think it's a, I think it's slow. I think it's kind of methodical. But what beats them is that they just don't have enough dudes who can put the ball through the hoop.
2: Anything new at all? and Maybe not because we talked about Will Wade and the IARP the other day. Anything new on the coaching front whatsoever just nationally that would have any relevance on anything when the time comes?
3: I mean, the Wade thing is –
2: It's going to be kind of
3: complex because I don't think it's going to be ruled on by March the 10th or April the 1st. And so if it isn't ruled
2: on and you're Keith Carter, is that a gamble you're willing to take? The closest example is when Xavier hired Sean Miller. Right. They hired him spring whenever and his verdict was not publicly known until December. I say public with probably some quotes there. Yeah, and maybe there's a way that
3: Keith Carter and or the SEC could get the the ruling privately. I don't know how that works. Honestly, I don't. Um, If they did, then that would enable you to move one direction or the other in terms of that decision. Um, Where it would be interesting is because his situation is tied up with another SEC school, would the league... For lack of a better word, sign off on hiring a coach who could potentially be one of the reasons that a, a member institution is going to get sanctions. And my guess would be
2: not really. How relevant is that? They can't literally stop you, but what is the what? What? Do, how? How does that situation? I mean, Nick Saban wanted to hire Jeremy Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, no, you know, but I mean, he literally can't stop you. So, like, what's the? He can't, but he's. He slash they. It's not just him. Yeah. It's not him sitting
3: up there as as eyes. But it's it's the league. The, the, the league's it's a lot of influence. I mean I'm sure that if not sure, I'm guessing, I should say, that if Greg Sankey were to tell Keith Carter, I wouldn't advise that. We would we wouldn't be pleased with that. I suspect that conversation would have a significant amount of weight.
2: And I'm not even saying it shouldn't, but I've always been a little kind of whatever on that. Because here's the deal with that: if Will Wade's going to win basketball games for you, somebody else is going to hire him next year. That's not you. Yeah. Thus, in a lot of ways, you're. And, and I'm not talking like toward Keith personally here, but just SEC things in general: Saban, Pruitt, whatever. At the end of the day, it's about your damn constituents and your people and putting your team best. Like in some ways, there is sort of an eyes characteristic to it that I don't like. Like it's. Hey, in a year later, it's going to be perfectly fine, and we're cool with so and so hiring him. Just not you right now. And it's like, oh, well, oh, it was
3: the reason Hugh Freeze didn't get hired in the league.
2: Oh, and it's uh, like, come on. Know,
3: I don't know. I, I guess it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers other people. I understand why it bothers other people, just for whatever reason. I sort of understand the logic behind it. I mean, if 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 there's a ruling that that could potentially come down that would give LSU a postseason ban, for example, doesn't seem appropriate that the coach who administered that or was was overseeing the program at that time can coach at a at a rival institution just kind of feels I, I, I see where the league's coming from on that as well but we'll see I don't know I don't know whether I mean I have no idea whether Will Wade is or is not even on Keith Carter's radar yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no just a name yeah. I would suspect that I would suspect that he is on his radar because it would just make sense that he would be on the radar.
2: Yeah, it's it's certainly a due diligence name. I mean, they're that, at, a, yeah. at a bare minimum. Yeah, it's that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, whatever. I mean, I, I'm not overly torn up about it, but I just it, it feels it feels arbitrary to me.
3: Someone drew says Morrell and Brakefield would both
2: play minutes at Bama. Um, I don't know that. I do think that it's a part of it though, is yes, sure. Is it is it overall talent and athleticism one hundred percent, but it's putting a roster together. Sherman sure. has not done a very good job of putting a roster that's cohesive together. They don't play well together. Matt Morrell
3: would play at Alabama. I don't know that he would start and Brakefield, not sure where Brakefield would get minutes in their front court. He he might get some minutes coming off the bench, but he's not replacing Brandon Miller kind of my point i mean we can we can dissect it till you're blue in the face i mean the, the the other the teams that are winning in this league have guys that are going to be high draft picks Brandon miller might go third in the nba draft you know i mean that's they're, they're winning because they're really talented if you watch them play they, they can beat you in so many different ways they can win on the road, they're tough, they're they they'll kill you at home. They're 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 very, very talented. They could win the whole thing. So no, I don't I don't know that I don't know that Brakefield and Morrell would get a
2: lot of minutes on
3: that team. Some, but
2: not a lot. We get asked this. there's no way to know what the roster will look like next season for anyone, and that means current players stay and go and nothing. I mean, this thing becomes free for all in all directions at that point.
3: I would guess that it is a ton of new faces. I mean, there aren't many guys that are out there right now that will still be there. And it's clear that one of the things Kermit's going to talk about is his recruiting. He recruited, in his eyes, well last year. Um, and he believes he has a really good class coming in. I just don't know that that's going to save him. I don't, I, I'd, I'd be stunned. Because here's the thing, they're now 6-25 in their last 31 SEC games if I'm doing my math right, and I might not be doing my math right. I think that's right. The The attendance is not good. When the upper section of the pavilion has complete sections that are totally empty, That that doesn't work. That doesn't pass the eye test. I did my concession test. On Saturday, mm-hmm. again, I waited till halftime. Mm-hmm. I got dared by a couple of friends to live tweet the first half of the game, and so I did.
2: I did wonder if you were sick for a minute there. Uh, I was. Just, I had a couple of texts me go, "What's he doing?" And I went, "I." I was idea. just having
3: fun, and it actually made it more fun. It was an interesting first half. Yeah. I mean, it made me pay attention.
2: They play close games.
3: They should have been up twelve to fourteen, and mm-hmm. instead they were up three. And I, that's
2: told, a that's a note.
3: I told someone that's probably. Worth noting, and it was. But anyway, I waited till halftime, and I went to that concession area back behind us, and there was no one in the line yeah. at 1 o'clock on a Saturday.
2: Well, that's a good point, yeah.
3: On a day when it was a little chilly outside. There wasn't a lot to do outside. There wasn't a lot to do, but the weather was okay. You could get to Oxford easily. It's 1 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, there's no NFL playoffs competing against you. There's no baseball game on campus. There's nothing. And I waited all of no time.
2: It says a lot. It,
3: it is. It says a lot. I mean, it was convenient for me, but probably not the best sign if you're if you're Ole Miss and you're the people that are having to make a decision about what you're trying to do. But I will say this again, and then I'll stop. Just hiring the next Young coach, whoever that is, I don't know that that's the move right now. I, I, I kind of think you better hire somebody that's got some name value. Yeah, You better hire somebody that, that is going to get people, if not excited, at least intrigued. And I don't know that I, – I I'm not talking about anybody specifically here, but I don't know that the next young coach from the Sun Belt or CUSA is the route to go.
2: Probably, probably not. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm becoming more and more like that as time goes on. Anyway. Continue the conversation a minute. We'll do that. Tell you about Athletic Greens one. Take AG one in the morning, literally every single day. Usually before starting my day, I've noticed a difference with uh, with running, with working out, with exercises, because I don't always get all the things I need inside my body from a food standpoint. So AG one a great thing to Help out with that a little bit. You cover a lot of nutritional bases. Tons of people use it for those reasons. It's a micro habit that delivers macro benefits and helps almost everybody take great care of their health every single day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. First purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com mpw. That's athleticgreens.com mpw. Check it out.
3: Walk-On Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys gumbo voodoo shrimp. Plus, enjoy fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs and with uh, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Order online also at walkons.com or on their convenient Walk-Ons app. Visit Walk-Ons today in Oxford or Ridgeland. College Corner is your one-stop Rebel shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet in Flowood. It's next to Have Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's okay. Go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names. Same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, get in touch with Comer, 662 801 one seven seven seven. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, get in touch with our friends at Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. Shop now at astock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A stock auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups. So don't miss out. If you want it, bid it, win it. Also brought to you by Solutions RX. It's a probiotic, multivitamin supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical grade, manufactured here inside uh, Mississippi under the highest standards. If you take diabetes medications, high blood pressure medication, cholesterol medications, they typically cause side effects like muscle pain brain fog, energy loss due to a depletion of minerals and vitamins in the body. But Chris formulated a product called Prescription Support, puts those vitamins back into your body, helps with those side effects, keeps you more compliant, taking your medications, and helps you stay healthier over the long term. It's available in local independent pharmacies across the continental U.S., including all across Mississippi, and on their website, solutionsrx.com. Type in the promo code OEP at checkout. Get 10% off your first order.
2: Podcast also brought to you by the Omen's Athletics Foundation. Your national championships baseball team is back for another exciting year. Show your support for their efforts on the field this season by signing up for the Pledge per Win and Pledge per home run campaigns. Donations are charged every Monday. They're allocated into your blue priority point total and they're up to ninety percent tax deductible. So sign up today by visiting give slash donate or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation at 662-915-7159. Asking uh, in the stream about Grayson Saunier, Ole Miss's freshman right-handed pitcher. He was scratched from his Saturday intra-squad start because of uh, some tenderness in his tricep. Ole Miss says they're being very, very cautious with it. You can read more at rebelgrove.com, but Mike said that he does not think it's serious at all. He does not believe it will impact uh, him pitching this coming weekend against Delaware. I, if you told me maybe he's in the bullpen week one instead of starting, I might buy it, but I did not sense any any major change. It's more because he missed that week of lengthening from an outing standpoint, so I don't know what that potentially looks like. He also went home because he had a death in the family, so he's out of town until tonight, gets back tomorrow, Mike said that it's possible he announces the rotation today, but it could run into tomorrow simply because of Sonia being out and not knowing what that arm looks like tomorrow when he gets back. But I asked him point blank, could he have pitched today had it been a game? And he said he hates hypotheticals, but, yeah, probably he, he thinks so. So it sounds like they're just being very careful with an uber-talented freshman that um, in the fall, he said, was had a better fall than any freshman who would ever come to the program.
3: Yeah, you're careful with them because it's February. There's no rush. I mean, it's, it's,
2: it was not on purpose, but it's one of the reasons Ole Miss won the national championship last year is all their arms were fresh because they didn't figure out the rotation until mid-April. No, it's a just, huge, huge just, reason. just kind of happened that way. Yeah, huge reason. Um, this morning wrote a story on the new pitch clock rules for college baseball. They're very similar to the pitch clock rules that are about to start in Major League Baseball as well. And for fans, you probably ought to read it and be aware of it because Mike thinks it will have a pretty considerable impact on the games. In the past, the pitch clock has been out there, but let's be honest, the umpires were not really paying attention, and it only was running when no one was on base. That is no longer the case. It is a 20-second pitch clock no matter what, if someone is on base, if no one is on base. Um, it is a ball if the clock expires. Are if go going not to enforce started, it? He thought so. He thought it was actually a really, really big deal to the point of he's nervous about it as far as trying to get his pitchers be aware, but don't get so consumed by it that you rush or do something stupid. So, he's they're really, really teaching it because they he said that when the NCAA gets something on their minds, it's an emphasis, it's usually an emphasis. And this, this is, uh,
3: I'm not a huge yeah. fan of like pitch clocks and stuff because it's a different game. But as someone who watched a lot of college baseball last year, a lot probably more than anybody that I know. Not, it's not a knock-on like you, for example, because yeah. you're covering Ole Miss and then you're writing about Ole yeah. Miss. A lot of fans are like, oh, I love college baseball. i like, okay, hold up. Hold up. Watch two weeks of college baseball, but don't watch Ole Miss. Take your laundry out of it. Take your fandom out of it. And you'll the one thing that you'll come away with is, my God, the games drag. They really drag. And it's not just Texas A&M.
2: No, they're the worst, but there's plenty. Yeah,
3: there's others. And so... If there's a way to speed it up, that's really good for the health of the sport. I'm just a little skeptical that these umpires, once they start getting the stuff chirping in their ears, and they will, I have a hard time believing that they're going to enforce this diligently. And when they start to
2: slide, this slide's just going to be precipitous. So, uh, by rule, with the rule book again, in the past, the way it worked was only with nobody on base, and you got a warning given the first time. I, I honestly am not sure I've ever seen it called as many college baseball games as I've been to. I don't think I've ever seen the old rule called if I have it's one time. So, now, there's no warning. It's first, first time it happens, ball. Mike said it happened in their inner squad. They've been really focused on it last week. But – you get one step off per batter. So if you're getting down to the clock, you can just step off with somebody on base and it will reset one time. Um, per batter? Per batter, okay. yes. Um, I think per batter. I don't think it was per inning. I think it was per batter. Because
3: last year there were teams that just did that over and over and over. The clock would get down and they'd just step off.
2: And you now you would have to pick. So if nobody's on base, you get one of those and that's it for the batter. Okay. Like there's nothing you can do. It is what it is. The clock's running. Um, with someone on base, college baseball fought for this and kept it. There's unlimited pickoffs. So you can throw over to reset the clock as much as you want to do. Mike said that he thinks the situation that will happen the most is there's a runner on second, you step off, or whatever, and then the, the runner really gets a lead because you've got to pick or do something, and you do an inside move, but you don't throw, and the pitcher goes, oh, hell, crap, the clock has run out on him because you didn't throw, you just did the inside move and stopped. And by that point, the 20 seconds are up. He thinks that's the biggest deal. It's also going to put the thing on AM and and hitters who do this, because the rule book made a change to specifically say there better be a, I think it said legitimate reason for time called from a hitter standpoint. And it was not to delay the game. And a hitter has to be ready with five seconds left on the thing, or it's a strike at that point. On the hitter. if he When the clock hits five and then the clock runs out and the, pit, the hitter's not ready, it's a strike. So I think that's too short. I like the Major League rule that makes it eight seconds where the hitter has to be. I think there's just too much. That's just too, so quick on figuring out if somebody's ready or not. That's the part of the rule I don't like. Um, Major League Baseball is doing a 20-second clock with people on base and a 15-second clock with no one on base instead of 20 all the way around. But I'm not sure they enforce it. Well, it, this is the first year it's happening. We haven't okay. seen it yet. Minor league baseball has been enforcing it last year. Okay. And in minor league baseball, before the rule, um, they they tracked 335 games for time. They lasted three hours and four minutes. Okay. With the rule, over 135 games last year. And now, major, minor league baseball had a very quick clock. It was 14 and 18 seconds. Okay. Games lasted an average of two hours and 39 minutes. It cut 20 minutes of time off That's the clock. That's significant. So maybe it's not 20, but there should be a change as long as it's enforced. Um, but you're going to have to – it's college kids. You're going to have to settle them a little bit on not focusing on the clock. You're going to have some hitters who try to wait till that five-second thing and get into a weird spot. If you're the pitcher, you almost have to not focus on the batter and just pitch mm-hmm. and just go, and and that, that's going to be the the thing here. So we'll see, but he he liked the rule, but he thought that it came with some – some issues they were trying to iron out for sure. I mean, I'm of the opinion they have to do something. Well, look, if it gets it down into a three hour time window, good. That you got it. Oh, absolutely.
3: That's it. We can yeah. put you on TV now. Cause that's the deal. People are like, why don't they put it on TV? Well, they're worried. Number one, they're worried about ratings. Sure. And then number two, frankly, if, a lot of times it's just not a good product. And if it's lasting three hours and 51 minutes, you can't plan from a broadcast standpoint. Because if you leave four-hour windows and then the game happens in three hours, well, now you got an hour of, of dead air, basically. Nobody wants that. And so you plan these three-hour windows, and then the games go three hours and 50-something minutes, and by the time you get to the next game scheduled, they're in the third inning. And the fans are losing their minds of the teams that are playing in the game that is the second game. So it's a... It's a It's a lose-lose thing, and they can go, well, it's on the app, but your older fans don't want to go to the app. They want the game on on television, so it's a problem. It's it's something they have to address.
2: If you watch major league games also, they are now limited to, I think they call them disturbances, but two disturbances per per plate appearance, which is a pick-off or a step-off. You can only do it twice. After that, unless a runner moves up, it's a balk. So... Sure. I mean, I yeah. Yeah. What's weird about that is you do two picks. You get it back. That runner can take whatever the hell lead he wants. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything. You cannot throw over. It's balk. Well, they're man. trying to activate the base pass. Base, Major League Baseball is trying to get out of this three outcome situation and sure. actually put put runners and things back in motion into the game.
3: Yeah, they've eliminated the shift. and
2: Yeah, they're doing a lot of stuff to try to – Change the way we, frankly, change the new age version of baseball.
3: We'll just make it more action. The game, I mean, if if you watch much baseball, it needs action. The interesting part with the college level is that once you get into the middle of a pitching staff, you start getting a lot of wildness. Mm-hmm. And man, you make those guys start thinking about a pitch clock too.
2: That that's the thing is that. Bad pitching is going only going to get worse, yeah
3: average pitching is going to get worse, and then the bottom of your staff is going to be abysmal, and so I think you're going to see more huge walks and wild pitches and hit batters and then you throw in the fact that you got kids, <laughs> and some of the kids mentally aren't the toughest kids in the world just yet, and you'll see some you'll see some meltdowns
2: oh, I think it's got a chance to be significant at times. Really, really significant.
3: Yeah, I do too. Boy, it changes. I I hate to pick on A&M. They are not the only team that does
2: it. They're just the worst.
3: They are, but there are others that are right there with them. But, boy, it makes them change their approach to the game if it gets enforced.
2: They get fewer than 10 seconds to do that stuff every time. I mean, you got to be moving. Um, Some people have asked this this morning. The clock starts – it's a little subjective. The clock starts when the pitcher gets kind of on the dirt – at the mound. Um, the reason that it's not a clear thing is that what if you get the ball because you were backing up home plate and you get the ball by the foul line, um, they yeah. can't start the clock when you get the ball back right. in your hand with people on base. So that's a ton different time versus somebody who's just standing on the mound and catches the ball. Gotcha. So they're just trying to make it even as far as when they start the clock, which is you have the ball any somewhere in the dirt area when the clock starts. Gotcha. Uh, again. Right now, there will only be the clock in the outfield wall. At some point, they will they will add a clock behind home plate, over somewhere around the backstop. I don't know exactly when or how or anything else. Um,
3: I feel for the umpires.
2: Ole Miss is extending the batter's eye, as we had talked about last week. They are. Making it taller. I told the new SID yesterday I actually you didn't realize how short the batter's eye was until now you get a kind of a more normal size one. Frankly, old Mrs. Batter's eye was kind of short compared to most mm-hmm. that you see in, in baseball. So anyway. Just
3: one final thought on that.
2: Just, yeah, go ahead.
3: As someone who watched a lot of it last year, and one of the things that kept striking me was how bad the strike zone was. Awful.
2: You're talking about from umpires.
3: I'm talking about college umpiring the the, the strike zone was abysmal eight
2: times out of ten. Now you're making those same guys watch clocks? If there is a clock on the outfield wall, it is the home plate umpire's responsibility. Sure, if dude. there is no clock on the wall, because smaller places won't have it, it will be a stopwatch held by a base umpire, which really screws with it. The pitchers who are even worse because they're at mid majors and now they can't even look and see what the damn clock is. They just get a so ball
3: doing it in their heads. Just now you're yeah. I mean, but look, I mean, I I've, I watched some. So there was some home plate umpires that the strike zone man was just massive. Yeah, it was just massive, like little league massive. <laughs> and now and now and, and now you're you're adding another element to their jobs. And I'm not picking. I'm just being. I'm just being subjective. I, I, I thought they were. I, I, there was some. There were some home plate umpires last year that impacted games. Well,
2: it's like I, I don't know why they are playing the game, and I'm not even being funny. Ole Miss is playing a game in mid March at Jacksonville State. I don't know why, but whatever. They're probably not going to have a pitch clock anywhere. So for that game, it'll be completely different. On hey, I have nowhere to look. What's what's right. what's going on? Whereas Jacksonville State will be completely used to not having a clock. Get it and go. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's, it's, when in doubt, go fast. Well, in minor league baseball, that 14 seconds thing, because a lot of the veterans in major league baseball are pushing back, going, Hey, I hate this. And the guys who've kind of been in the minors for a couple years went, Hey, let's, let's go. I'm already, I'm well aware. Yeah. If anything, I got a couple more seconds now.
3: Boy, there's some guys in the major leagues. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. God. I
3: feel for those umpires,
2: too. I think somebody like Zach Grinky might blow a gasket at some point That's- oh jeez I'm just I's <laughs> deal with them. they'll and
3: they're good enough to like tell the catcher hey we're gonna have a mix up right here
2: you're not gonna see this right hey heads yeah, up yeah heads up and 98 straight to the face mask is something it'll jar your cage so I anyway we'll see what it looks like I have no idea um again they start Friday. I don't think Delaware is very good. Uh, they're pick kind of midway, whatever conference they are uh, they are in. I think they have a new coach. He's in his first season. I'm not going to do a ton of baseball preview for Delaware, but that's where we're at. Rotation wise, you know, Elliott's going to get the ball on Friday, and I assume that Xavier Rivas will get a ball, the ball one of the other two days. He is the transfer from Indy, um, in his first season with Ole Miss, and then we'll see about Sonya's health and what they do from there with uh, with his his situation. That doesn't happen much. I, I did a I did a lot of Google search stuff. I texted a couple doctor friends of mine last night, and tricep tenderness is just not very common at all when it comes to pitchers. The the only really big case of it I could find was...
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data
2: It affected Scott Casimir twice during the two thousand fourteen season. He had two times where he was shut down for very small amounts of time, but it did not appear to be a long term season issue for him. Even once they think that they uh they credited dehydration would be the being the oh. reason that his, his muscle was having some issues. So huh. But yeah, that's not a there's no elbow issue. It's not it, this is not like a forearm or a bicep that goes into the elbow. They do not believe it's anything to do with elbow or shoulder from uh from that point. So Anyway, there's your uh, your baseball news for the day is what it is. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it's here Friday. It's kind of weird. It's not doesn't seem time for that yet. My mind has not flicked over at all. Um, yeah, um, Texas Oklahoma in a minute after the uh, the next breaker. But just to set it up, I guess you're not surprised. We always thought this was the most likely thing. Are you a little surprised over the smoke screens like three weeks ago? Why did everybody come out with the huge reports that it wasn't happening and then we were literally within fewer than 10 days before it flipped?
3: I suspect it was probably a bit of a negotiating thing because it was Fox that was kind of holding this up. And so this was their way of saying, okay, well, then we'll give you a year of awkward where you can talk about it. You have another year of talking about it where it's awkward as hell for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so they got it done, and I guess that pushed them over the edge some of the feedback from those stories, which was the big 10 didn't, the big 12 didn't want to do this. Texas didn't want to do it. Oklahoma didn't want to do it. So why are you going to make everybody do it? You just give Texas and Oklahoma the worst possible schedule. Sure. It's funny until you got to go play the games
2: and nobody wants it.
3: So. And, yeah, and Texas is bitching about it and Oklahoma's bitching about it. And it's not what, it just wasn't a good idea.
2: The conference doesn't want a mockery to come of it, and then it starts. Right. So this allows everybody to move on.
3: We have one more season
2: of the way it has been. And the way
3: it is. And then we have change.
2: Yeah. Dramatic change. Continue that conversation in a second. Podcast brought to you in part by Prime Shrimp. Shrimp.com. Seven different flavors available for you. They're delivered straight to your door including their newest offering, the New Orleans Barbecue Shrimp, the Signature, the Meals in a Bag, the French Quarter Alfredo, so many options, including their two-pound bags of individually frozen shrimp, a lot like what's at the grocery store, except a higher-quality shrimp from the New Orleans-based company. You can use code RG. It's a new code, code RG. You buy five pouches or more, get those 25% off. Get free food in there. Let them take care of dinner tonight. Fewer than 10 minutes, freezer to plate with prime shrimp and code RG.
3: With the temperatures dropping, we've entered prime sock season. Our friends at Dead Sox he just announced their BOGO winter sale. Right now, when you buy two sock bundles, you get the second bundle 50% off, or you get a free pair of socks with any single pair that you purchase. To get the deal, just put any two bundles or any two pairs of socks in your cart and apply the code Grove. If you've got bundles in there, it will take 50% off the least expensive bundle. If you've got two pairs of socks in your cart, It will make the least expensive pair free. So head over to deadsoxy.com, stock up on this incredible winter sale, and as always, stay Soxy. My 10 weekend thoughts are up at uh, rebelgrove.com. They're brought to you by Game Changer Patches. They're the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. ACS is owned by Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. ACS has a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL 508A panel shop. To learn more about ACS, go to acsllcms.com or call 662 601 4381. Valentine's Day is a day away, so if you are uh, doing some last minute shopping on that, I suggest Laman's Fine Jewelry. It's at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. It's been serving the Oxford area for three quarters of a century. Whether you're looking for engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, gifts, or more. Lammons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at com or call them at 662-234-2777.
2: Podcast also brought to you by g Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and they offer medicine. If your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you, one trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, you have everything you need when you need it with G and M it's also easy to transfer your medications for those who need that extra step you just make one call they take care of the rest again in Holly Springs or Oxford that's 662 236 2222 so on the conversation 100 million combined i think is how it kept getting written was which was sort of weird i assume 50 million each i don't yeah. know why that was the way that was phrased cuz they're They're obviously in it together, but then they're uh, they're not. Um, TV package deal. This is just the more pie scenario, right? That's how this ended up. I think so.
3: Yeah, they take the money and they'll distribute it among the other Big Twelve schools, and then the Oklahoma and Texas. By the time they get the SEC revenue, they'll come out ahead anyway. Not it's fifty million dollars lost is fifty million dollars lost, but (laughs) They're going to
2: be all right. <laughs> Long-term, it's going to be okay. Yeah,
3: I mean, even short-term, it's going to be okay. Long-term, it's going to be incredibly beneficial because the league's, I think, going to go to a nine-game schedule in football, um, and I think ESPN's going to pay for that extra game. I mean, I, I do. I think ESPN slash Disney slash whatever you want to call them is, is going to pay handsomely for the the, the new SEC deal when, when that comes out. And – look, the whole landscape's about to change. I mean, the Pac-12 is in dire straits. I think you're going to see the Big 12 add those four Pac-12 schools. You know, I I wrote about this in 10 Thoughts. If you're Florida State, some of these kinds of places that you're watching, we've been talking about this for a while. Well, here we are. It's here. If you are at one of those schools and you're looking at your TV payout every year and you're starting to pay attention to what the SEC is about to get, what the Big Ten is getting, what the Big 12 is going to get. If you're the ACC and you're some of those schools, you're starting to have the conversation in in those boardrooms, which is, what are we doing? We've got to get out of this. This doesn't work. We can't compete at these numbers. And frankly, you can't. If... South Carolina is walking away with three times what you've got in revenue. It is eventually going to catch up to you on the
2: on the field too. Yeah. On the field. The SMU and San Diego
3: State are in. Um yeah, I think it's going to be SMU, San Diego State. I think they're going to end up adding UNLV, Boise, Fresno. I mean, the two schools that are in
2: panic mode
3: right now oregon are, and washington or oregon and washington just oregon absolute State. oregon and washington believed
2: they were in the big 10
3: and i think when kevin warren was the commissioner of the big 10 i think they probably were kevin warren is no longer the commissioner of the big 10 and the new commissioner seems more determined to to expand eastward than he is westward it's so already got the Pacific Time Zone. Wants to get more in the East Coast. So you're talking about the ACC schools.
2: It it's at best the fourth best conference, and God knows what the ACC does. But am I crazy for thinking there's a way that SMU is actually pretty competitive in that league? No. Not, that market, that not, money, if they do care.
3: Well, they they do care. They've had a chancellor that kind of held them back. Yeah. That that has begun to um, that has begun to change. <laughs> Oh, no, this is raising his hand. Yeah, no, they, they absolutely care. They—they they have some—they have some major money sources that oh. they've never really gone to that they're starting to go to now. They've—they've they've paid attention to what TCU has done. You know, if you're SMU, and suddenly Stanford and Cal and. Oregon and Washington, those kind of teams are coming to play you. Well, those are big games in, what's it called, Ford uh, Stadium? Or, it
2: is Ford. It's the other Gerald Ford.
3: Yeah. And those are That's pretty attractive yeah, there. The
2: stadium needs work, and it's kind of landlocked. There's not much you can do, but yeah. it, it's, it's bad. Ole Miss used to practice there. Yeah. But look. I mean, just because the PAC twelve it's kind of
3: like we've done with Nebraska football. Just because the PAC 12 was once a power doesn't mean it's always a
2: power. No, you're not a power, no matter what you do. I mean that's not how it works. so I,
3: I think I think that league's in trouble. I, I think the ACC is has issues. I do I think I think they have monumental issues. They've got some time to deal with them because they've got that rights agreement that goes through the mid 2030s. But with each passing year, the buyout gets less. And with each passing year, some of these superpowers inside that league, if there is one, Mm -hmm. I think North Carolina is one, I think they look at it and go, what are we doing? We've got to get out of this. And at some point, a couple of them go, let's just do it. And if enough of them break it together, the whole thing expires. I put nothing past anyone at this point. I don't think the SEC and the Big Ten will stay at 16 forever. Might stay there for four or five years, but I don't think they'll stay there forever. I think they'll. You think it's even potentially that short? Sure. Again, if you're at North Carolina and you look up and pick your Big Ten school, Iowa, pick your SEC school, Florida. Yeah, sure. They're making three, three and a half times what you're making in revenue. You don't think that's a conversation that occurs in Chapel Hill? When you're potentially leaving that kind of money on the table, also that you can continue to play Wake Forest every year? When the Big Ten's calling you, when the SEC's calling you, or, or at least letting you know in the tampering portal, if you will, that, hey, you've got a spot.
2: All you got to do is ask. The answer is yes. Oh, the SEC is assuredly going to go to a 3-6 schedule model. They're going to play nine conference games. You're going to have three permanents and six rotating. You'll play mm-hmm. everybody every two years and you'll you'll visit every stadium every four years. Are they going to keep the one power five in addition as well? Are I they going so. to play ten games of consequence? I think so.
3: I won't be surprised if what's coming in the next few years is a big ten SEC
0: annual swap. Yeah.
3: So the one year that and there, by the way, this is going to drive me crazy. It's, it, there are going to be people, mostly in our field, yeah, who lose their minds about quote lost rivalries. It's going to be okay. There's no way to do it perfectly. And if LSU and Alabama don't play every year, it's going to be all right. That was a
2: situational rivalry anyway. But I mean, they've both been really good. Okay, great. I mean, pick a team, and it's almost impossible to do it perfectly. You're losing your third rival. Shut up. Right. You're going to get your number one, and right. in most cases, you're getting your number two. Ole Miss is going to play LSU. Georgia is going to play Auburn. Right. It's going to be all, it's going to be okay. Alabama is going to play Tennessee. I bet. It, it appears so. Yeah. But
3: in the event that Alabama and Tennessee didn't play every year. They still play every other year. No one under the age of 50 cares. It's going to be okay.
2: They'll play every other year. If we are right and they do this 10 thing, unless the Ole Mess just wants a brutally difficult schedule, the only year where they have a severe schedule issue is 2025 because they have two Power 5 games in addition to their conference schedule in 2025. So USC put- and who? Wake Forest. Oh, So do you play 11 or do you cut somebody or move something to another year? I just play them. Well, it depends what your playoff thing is. You're going to play one extra game. You don't have to play if you think you're a playoff team. I guess. It makes no sense. Uh, yeah. but I
3: mean – Here's the deal. If, if you're a playoff team, you're not, loo- you're not losing to Wake Forest. <laughs> okay. hey, they were in the Orange Bowl last year. They were. I, I still stand by my – They
2: were you, in the Orange Bowl when I almost played them back in 08.
3: If you're an SEC team that is headed to a playoff, you're not losing to Wake Forest.
2: You would actually be better off cutting the SC game. Of course. Because it's irrelevant. If you win, you've already got enough anyway. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Wake next year in Winston-Salem in 24. SC in the Coliseum and then Wake Forest at home in 25. SC at home in 26. And that's your
3: incentive to not cancel the SC game is that you want that date on your schedule in 26. That's an attractive game from a season ticket standpoint, all that stuff.
2: Yeah. Um, They're at Charlotte that year. I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, Oregon State in 27. BYU in 28. BYU in twenty nine, Oregon State in thirty, Virginia Tech in thirty two, Purdue in thirty three, Purdue in thirty four, and Virginia Tech in thirty seven hmm. are the future. Twenty thirty
3: seven, kind of Blacksburg. <laughs> doing math in so, your head over there, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> so the, the the kids who would sign that year are right now, they're three four years old. I start working on those recruiting
2: profiles. You can go into the, you know, on the baseball side. You can go in the database and see a lot of twenty twenty eights, a lot of twenty twenty nines. Insane. They they rank the sixth graders. Just like <sighs> what? I'm nothing. Nothing. Whatever. How much did you watch last night?
3: Uh, not much. Um, Laura wanted to watch the halftime show. She watched the halftime show. Um, When it got to be 35, 28, 27, I kind of started following it. Got to be 35, 27. I went to take a shower. When I came back, it was 35,
2: 35.
3: 33, and they went oh, for two. Okay. And then I watched the rest. Pretty, uh, pretty deflating way for the NFL
2: season to end that was the thing is it's easy to argue anything depending on where your allegiance lies with it. I was more frustrated last night with it than I was this morning, but frankly, I don't, again, I don't care about either team necessarily, even though I was definitely wanting Philadelphia to win. Um, It's more of just, you were set up after a great game to mm-hmm. get the drive and go, hey, let's go try to win this thing or not win this thing and, For it to be this huge finish that you don't always get for it to end that way. And that was like, it was like...
3: No, you're going to get a field goal. And and they were going to have about a minute and 40 seconds left. Go score a touchdown and win the thing. Or or a field goal to get overtime. Yeah. In a game that, you know, was... Yeah.
2: It was from an entertainment standpoint where it was like, ah, shit.
3: Yeah. That sucks. That sucks. I mean, for those of us who watched two weeks ago, it was kind of like, oh, there we go again. It was a penalty.
2: They had not called it all day.
3: You haven't called it all day long, and you, you're going to call it in the final two minutes. So if it wasn't a penalty in the first 58 minutes, it's not a penalty now.
2: I almost wonder if the official is so scared about missing a call, they get overactive with the call. You know what I mean? Yeah. To where you go, oh, God, what? Because I, I found it really interesting. I think, I think it was Monday morning quarterback was going through the mechanics and talking about how because of it happening so early in the play, because everybody goes, why didn't they confer and talk about it? Mechanically, only one referee's eyes are on that part at that right. point. There is nothing to look at. Nobody else is there yet. They don't see that portion of the field until the ball is thrown. At that point there was one dude who was staring at it and that was But that one dude had been staring at it all day and didn't was. call it. They called a break in a way with the Eagles defender saying it was a penalty. Yeah. Handling it how he handled it. He pulled the jersey. Yeah. And he,
3: he, did. he, he did. did. But they were pulling jerseys all day, I'm I'm guessing.
2: And it didn't reroute the guy.
3: At all. Um and the ball wasn't catchable. And Kansas City catches a lot of breaks. Um a ton. To the point that I'm not saying there's a conspiracy because I don't think there is, but to the point,
2: the NFL was better off getting a final drive than the game ending that way. Like that, that's the part where the conspiracy falls apart. Is that no, no? The NFL needed Jalen Hurts getting the ball to go win a Super Bowl, not it ending on a penalty. Right. Um, Look, you had a very similar penalty that kept the Rams drive alive last year, and when they beat the Bengals, I mean, he had a defensive. Now that was a complete makeup call. They had missed the call, the play before. That was egregious, that should have given the Rams the first down.
3: But the pass interference call on Logan Wilson a year ago absolutely impacted the outcome of yeah. the Super Bowl, and it was a very questionable call. It was a very similar call. Should have been fourth down. Yeah. Instead, it was first down, and they scored, and they won the game.
2: Yeah. So it's two years in a row where you've had this semblance of a situation. Um, so, no, I, I hate it just from a sports fan. I mean, that was the thing. I, I thought that there was it was some interesting, um, some interesting coaches or executive thoughts. Um, Moneyline quarterback talked to some other people around the league with their views on it. Very frustrated at the call, mm-hmm. just because of again mechanically, it's typically not called. Um, to the point they said that most, a lot of teams send that exact play in week after week after week, griping because it's not called, and then they chose right then to call it, going. We literally have had an emphasis on this that you don't call for a really long time.
3: And from an NFL standpoint, you've got your biggest audience of the season. And the game's delivered. And you would love to have
2: a climactic finish, not an anti-climactic finish. But here's the deal. The two things to take from that thing from a game standpoint is, sure, Mahomes will win. He's damn good. No doubt about that. Yeah. The Eagles were the better football team. But the Eagles made way more mistakes. Just a scoop and score on Jalen Hurts. The special team breakdown on the punt that basically was another touchdown. Mistake after mistake after mistake. They gifted them seventeen points over the, or eighteen points over the course of the game. When you do that, you're going to lose to a team that's also pretty damn good. I mean, yeah. the, the Eagles had it right there. They were they that they only have to blame themselves. It was not one play. No, it's never one call. In a which is true, but then you also hate game. the thing of well, but you. You know what I mean? Sure. You know, it's, it's, it, it, that goes both ways. I mean, because that used to drive me insane about the Saints thing because they are like, well, you just should have won in overtime. It's like, I get it. Sure. But it actually did lose the game. Well, it's yes. like the
3: Duke-Virginia basketball game the other day. I mean, the kid for Duke got fouled with .1 second left, and they decided not to call it. They, they did call it and then decided to kind of push their way out of it only for the ACC to come out later and go, no, they butchered it. I mean, Virginia wins in overtime. I mean, look, I don't care about Virginia or Duke, but when you tell Duke, well, you should have won in overtime. Like, well, we should have had two free throws with one-tenth of a second. Make one and we
2: win the game. Yeah. To me, at least – the Chiefs are not very likable, and it's not necessarily Mahomes. We talked about today. It's people around him, and it's Frank. I, I don't like Travis Kelsey. Um,
3: yeah, he was weird to his uh, own brother after the game. It's just it's kind of weird. He's a weird dude. They're not a typical heel. He's less likable than Mahomes. Oh, it's not close. Yeah,
2: no, like Mahomes himself. Other than being a little bit of a drama queen, whatever. Um, he doesn't bother me. But there's just something about the Chiefs in general that I keep. It just doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it's just weird. I mean, I know you have different thoughts, like whatever, because the Bengals, but like just from somebody who doesn't even watch it like that, it's, it's strange. I don't know.
0: Oh, no, um, they're not very likable. No.
2: They're not
3: I, cuddly. No, at all. I'm not sure Philly is either, but. Philly converted the two point conversion. I was pretty excited for them. I was like, okay, let's, let's go get it. Yeah. But I'll be honest, when the Chiefs got the ball, I went. You're
2: gonna. I thought. I thought to myself, you're. They gonna, didn't stop them the entire second half. Mahomes' only second half incompletion was a throwaway, and they had zero sacks. You didn't play good. Well, no,
3: you didn't play well enough. But I remember thinking as that drive started, you're gonna have to beat more than just the Chiefs here. But, look, they've been to the Super Bowl a bunch. They've now won it multiple times. This this will go down as one of the better teams in modern NFL history.
2: Another the favorite to win it again next
3: year. Yeah, I always kind of laugh at that because, like, whoever just won the Super Bowl the next morning, it's hard to make a case for, well, they're not the best team.
2: What was interesting I saw somewhere was that they've done a good job with their the way they've structured salaries that they could renegotiate some stuff to really have some room next year no. to improve that they've, they, they've got an interesting cap situation.
3: be curious to see what Philadelphia's window looks like next year. Like that's, that's the team that you wonder because the NFC is so out there that you wonder with the Eagles, like, was that your chance? But I don't know. I had um, Chris Easterling on, on Thursday and he had the he had the Eagles back in the Super Bowl next year.
2: Mahomes is an interesting case because he's obviously going to win more games, he's going to set more records, gonna do many things. And you can argue that five years into his career, he's already a cinch Hall of Famer. Oh yeah. For sure. Hundred percent done. Yeah. Yeah. Andy Reid's a for sure Hall of Famer now. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Frankly, Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, probably so. He's going to end up second in all time tight in yards behind yeah. Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, I mean, you can't take any of that away from him.
3: I mean, they they have a ton of really good players. Chris Jones, Nick Bolton. That's a really good team.
2: Yeah, obviously. But he, it's not. I mean, I saw on the stream. It's not just they're the best team, and that's why they're hated. There's they're, there's something more to them than that. That's it is. Not it. I, I think people think people get tired of some of the Mahomes drama. Frankly, I bet there's some demographic thing where older people are more in order. But I think a lot of the younger people like Mahomes and all the crap and the brashness. I think it's older people who would have a more negative view of the Chiefs. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. My gut is there's a, there's an age splice there. Because, I mean, I see it in our stream. That's yeah. my that's my, that's my my guess. So, Podcast brought to you in part by Johnston Hill Creamery. JohnstonHillCreamery.com. It is uh, February 13th. Still time. A few hours. Might want to hurry. But... Valentine's Day pre-orders. You can pick those up between ten and five. So if you ordered something, remember you're getting it tomorrow. You should have put a time down when you ordered it online. That's the macaroons, the chocolate covered strawberries. There are different boxes they have: the Valentine's dessert box, the Valentine artisanal gift box as well, or those brown butter miso chocolate chip cookies. All those still available. You can make the order right there again online at Johnston Hill Creamery. JohnstonHillCreamery.com. Go to their Instagram page, see videos and pictures of all their different offerings. That's 662-419-9201. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle
3: based in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. Uh, They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. To learn more, go to mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, wealth.com. Brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis, John's part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide network of travel partners that allows him to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. Get in touch with John. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He will give you um, a list of options that you're probably not going to find on your own. It's J Edwards at regencytravel.net or 901-494-3387. Um, we're brought to you by OPA. Oxford's uh, newest Greek restaurant on the square. If you're coming up for uh, baseball this weekend, oh, I guess basketball too, but probably baseball. If you're coming up, make, uh, make Opa part of uh, part of your weekend. Stop by. They have uh, great food, fabulous craft libations as well. I'll have a mailbag to you on Wednesday. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan incorporated realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. Whitney sells condos, land, commercial, Residential and Family Homes, you can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. We're also brought to you by Service Specialist, Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, whether you're seeking an entry-level position or you're a seasoned professional, they've got opportunities across the board. It's servicespecialistltd.com, or you can call them at 662 832 5138. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost Digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment. Financing is available at CorinthDental.com. And we're brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. There's a lot offered at Southern Traditions, including horseback riding offerings, Uh, You can buy your first horse, compete at nationally recognized competitions and everything in between. Go uh, to Facebook or Instagram and get in touch with them at Southern Traditions Farm.
2: Podcast also brought to you by Style Assembly. Speaking of Valentine's Day, it is obviously tomorrow. If you need some last-minute shopping, it's women's boutique on the square, offering clothes, shoes, purses, jewelry, sunglasses, and more. All women are built the same, so they carry sizes ranging from extra small to 2XL also know all budgets aren't built the same, so offer a variety of price points, and ladies can create a wish list in the store or over the phone. It's left on file. Guys can call or stop by to pick something off the list. She's guaranteed to love. It's a win-win. They'll wrap it up and have it waiting on you. They also sell gift cards, take the guesswork out of buying, and if you're not in Oxford, no problem. They ship. Simply call or DM to place an order, 203 North Lamar. Call the store at 662-638-3163. Ask for Kate, the owner. She'll personally help you out. Um... A few commercials were fine. Super Bowl halftime show was good, fine. I mean, it was it was it, it, the, the entire night was kind of like okay, yeah, it's cool. And it wasn't like I even mean, like a fandom thing. I just kind of nothing was overly bad and nothing was overly great because of the way the game ended. I even kind of took the game and went, well, that sucked. Okay, cool. I
3: mean, I, you like, know what I mean?
1: Like, uh, it yeah, cool. I like
2: I like Rihanna. It was fine. She's good. I, I give her a ton of credit. All jokes aside, you had a kid nine months ago. You're pregnant again, and you go through that to pull off that performance It's sure. really impressive i mean i'm sure. obviously not a woman but i'm gonna assume that that is very 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 impressive um to the point that i felt like she was thinking about so many other things she had a hard time just singing i feel like you obviously had to dance around and do whatever had happened but i think her vocals would have been better had she just stood there i oh, thought sure. that given her sure her state yeah. it created some some negative situation she had to overcome yeah i thought she was really impressive giving these given the situation yeah
3: i mean anytime you're having to move around and choreograph and all that your vocals are probably not going to be as good as they would be if you're sitting in the studio Mm -hmm. but no she was she was good it was fine i mean i'm i'm never that person and in fact the people that are this way drive me insane that it's just a it's just a halftime show it's that's it it's not a concert it's not shouldn't be judged on the same
2: Shouldn't it's be, where it's exhausting just like when the grammy's come on or anything else it's you have two kinds is oh my god that was the worst thing ever and oh my god that was the best thing i've ever seen and it goes yeah it was neither but it was good right it's fine yep i'm a i'm a six and a half it's good seven okay yeah, I, I just, i'm entertained i knew the songs i'm good
3: i really didn't have any expectations i just it, she wanted to watch it so i was like oh, i'll watch it It was fine
2: yeah, because they go, hey, best thing since. I'm like, well, probably last year, but that doesn't discredit it. It was good. It's fine.
3: I can't remember who was last year, and next year I'll it probably. It was like the
2: hip-hop thing, you know, with all the, the Oh, was rappers. that Eminem yeah, and all yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, It was all that last year in LA. Okay. Yeah.
3: I remember that now, see, but you had to refresh my memory. Uh-huh. Otherwise, I probably would not have recalled. Yeah. It was good. I mean, oh, the sure. only one that I even really remember, I remember the Janet Jackson thing because duh, and I remember uh, Prince. Prince.
2: Yeah, that's about it. Bruno Mars was good.
3: Bruno Mars was really good. Didn't Justin Timberlake do it one time and was pretty good? Sure, I don't know.
2: Probably. Yeah. I mean I told you? I remember the Who because I was nervous. Like that's all I got. Those are those are the ones that that I recall at this point. Um, commercial wise, they gave the people my age some heartstring stuff. They went back to Sylvester Stallone and Alicia Silverstone with some stuff last night. They, the damn dog commercial got me because dog commercials are going to get me every time. Um.
3: AOC got worked up about one of them. Oh, really? I didn't oh see yeah, that. She got really worked up about the uh, Jesus commercial. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. She referred to it as worse than fascism.
1: I
2: thought it was... You want the avocados? No, which one?
3: Are you talking about? No, the one about... Um,
2: I don't know that I saw this, then.
3: I just saw it this morning. Um, oh. The what? one... It's Jesus something... It's about it was the, they it was about basically Jesus loved the people who hated him or something like that. Uh, no, I didn't see this. Yeah. I'll have to go back and check it out. I have not seen this she one. She got she got worked up about it. I was
2: not completely focused on commercials all night.
3: She said she didn't believe that Jesus would have spent millions of dollars on a commercial. That was her answer, referred to it as something about worse than fascism.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um the uh the She's breaking, pretty out there. The Breaking Bad commercial was really good. Brought Cranston and Aaron Paul and everybody back for that. When I had seen it already, somebody had sent it to us on a tweet. I guess a week ago. But is that the cereal thing? It's chips. Yeah, chips, the chips, yeah, the pop, yeah, thing. Um, it was it was well done. So, uh, Derek Carr is not going impr- to approve any trade. He's going to have to. Uh, he's going to make the team have to cut him before Wednesday in order to avoid paying him forty million dollars. He visited the Saints last week, but they couldn't work out trade terms for the uh, the thirty one year old. So he'll have suitors. Yeah, he'll hit free agency. And he'll have options. They're not gonna pay him forty million dollars. No. They're gonna cut him. Yes. One hundred percent. Guess he could still end up in New Orleans, but they wanted him to take a pay cut he was not willing to take, so I don't know where that will stand. It will depend who else has interest. I would think you'll have a fairly robust market. Look, potentially I mean, capable quarterbacks have robust markets. Yeah, I mean he's better than a lot. A bunch of guys, yeah, yeah. He would immediately be the best quarterback in the NFC South. Yes, which is you are competing against to start. That's where you, if you are the Saints, that's
3: kind of your concern. Is that do you, is that, where, is that up, where you want to be? Does he end up in Tampa?
2: Oh, you know, so you are playing offense to not to play play defense to play offense. Know. It just in depends a way. on
3: what you think of your roster. Depends yeah. on what you where. Just kind of where you think you are as a franchise.
2: How do you think Jeter's going to do in the booth? Going to Fox's MLB crew for the 2023. Um. Oh, he'll be okay.
3: They'll he'll have to open up a little bit, but he'll probably be fine. He's a
2: big name. I'm cautiously optimistic that baseball is going to get more eyes with the rule changes and some of the things they've done. I I, I think if you're just talking about viewers, they've made a lot of really good calls. Oh, I do too I, do I think too. it's potentially really appealing that i mean I'm kind of locked in a little i mean i i have I've told people this and it sounds
3: self-serving and I don't mean it in a self-serving way and I would admit it if I were if I'm major league baseball next season not 23 obviously there's nothing to do about it. it's pitchers and catchers report this week but if I'm Major League Baseball in 2024, Shohei Otani is either on the East Coast or the central time zone. I know there's a lot of Dodgers talk. I don't want him in LA if I'm Major League Baseball. I'd rather him be playing for the Mets. Yeah. I mean, I want him I want him as a Yankee, Met, Red Sox, Cub, Philly, Philly. That's about it. Maybe the Braves. It'd be my list of teams that I would want him on. Yeah. I, I need I need him in a major market playing at a time of night that most of the country is still awake.
2: Yeah. No, I I don't know. I was thinking about it this week because I'm trying to kind of make myself be a little more up on pop culture, movies, TV shows, that kind of thing. I'm almost kind of forcing my way through it a little bit. But I've also found this week that more than – and we'll see. I don't mean – one of them is a week old and one of them hasn't started. But my overall sports interest has picked up so much because baseball is actually intriguing to me. And I'm legitimately interested in Dallas Mavericks right now after the Kyrie trade to the point that I'm kind of watching a little bit of everything right now, which is not usually what I do at all. And then suddenly I found myself – I'm like, I'm kind of reading more stories, kind of doing stuff, and that's not me making myself. I'm just drawn to these things with – With the Mavs and with baseball right now. so it's. Well, the Mavs are going to be fun to watch. I'm noticing just a sort of a... I mean, the Mavs are going to be fun.
3: They lost the other night, but it was the first time they played together. Yeah, yeah. And the Kings are good at home. The Kings are really good at home. I mean, the Kings are going to be a fun playoff team.
2: I mean, I was waiting on golf to start yesterday, and I flipped on Grizzly Celtics for a few minutes.
3: Celtics are a really good team. Yeah, they were good. That was without two of their better players.
2: They, look good. they are
3: a very good team. Team. They subtly made a very strong move at the deadline. Mike Muscala makes a difference for them.
2: A five who can shoot the three. Mm-hmm. They're the favorites in the East, obviously. Yeah,
3: but not so prohibitive that it won't be competitive. Milwaukee's a very good team that, that got better at the deadline. Philadelphia is a fascinating team. I don't know that they're good enough to win, but they do have Joel Embiid, and they have James Harden, and they're interesting. And then after that, I mean, I still think the Heat's good, and I think Cleveland's going to be a really interesting team in a playoff series. They can't win it, but they could beat somebody.
2: This is more setting up for tomorrow as we close, because we'll talk a good bit more basketball. We'll look at the week. We'll look at some SEC stuff, because the league is – Pretty interesting, even though Ole Miss is where they are in the standings right now. But, and there was a thread on the board on Saturday morning, I guess, with this, which made me look through it a little closer. Why is this New Mexico State thing not getting more attention? I know I get it that it's New Mexico State, but, and again, I'm not exactly in with that program or anything, but I'm having a hard time reading this in any way beyond. There are police reports filed that have multiple charges in it in this semester, and that it's very likely the staff covered up at least a shooting and maybe a murder last semester. That is how I am reading it, well, right the, or wrong. Well, and the
3: stuff that I think was getting covered up inside the program was uh, likely sexual in nature. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, this I mean, looks... It's,
3: it's a really bad story. I, I don't know why... It's, it's getting
2: worse every day.
3: I don't know why it's not getting national coverage.
2: Because I remember on the podcast skimming over it last... When the shooting happened in November, I think is when it was. Either November or early December. And it was the new Mexico State player who had shot a student in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's all the information we had. But you... Even ESPN, when they sent they put the story out on Saturday about these new charges... It's in like the 15th, 16th paragraph that the coaches hid or had access to the kids or the basketball players' phone, iPad, and murder weapon was at the hotel or weapon involved in the shooting, however you want to phrase that. No. I, hold on. I know. I, I, y- you shouldn't have had to have read to the bottom of a story about something else to find that out. I don't know.
3: Maybe they think because New Mexico State is so obscure that it wouldn't get – I guess I, I I I don't know.
2: Well, and I wouldn't have found it out had had it not been on our board because of Chris Jan's being their right former coach. Otherwise, that's not something anybody's talking about, right? So, anyway, I don't know. Covershribblegrove dot com. We've got uh, again some baseball stuff. Neil's ten thoughts from the weekend is up. Recruiting thread has started this morning. I mean, somebody put on this in their top fifteen. Huge huge news as uh, we get started here on this Monday. So. We'll be back with you uh, tomorrow. Ole Miss back in action this week in basketball. Again, at least seven more games to that. And baseball beginning Friday, 4 o'clock, against the Blue Hens from Delaware. So have a good day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.